Well, good Monday, or Sunday morning to you. Monday, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know what day it is. Um, don't need to read that no more because, praise the Lord, it's over with. The Highland Games. All right, uh, Sunday. Um, there's Sunday. Next Sunday. We're planning on decorating, getting everything ready for the church. Uh, so next Sunday, if you can stay and, and hang out and, and help get the church decorated for Bible school, that'd be great because it will start the next day. So on the 19th, we'll start Bible school at 630 and run through Friday as well. Um, we're going to do tacos this Wednesday or you want to hold off another or just put it off? Okay. Yes. So that's all. That's all I got. Goodbye. No. Y'all want to do some sandwiches or something? Yeah, probably ought to do some sandwiches or something for next Sunday after church. That'd be all right with everybody. Just throw some stuff together and eat while we get ready. I know y'all ain't gonna turn it down. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll feed you. <laughs> All right, we'll be over in James chapter one this morning. James chapter one. We'll talk about something we don't talk about very often, and it's one of those things that we are not one of us are exempt from. There's not a person in this room or in this world that we're exempt from this, and that's temptation. We're all tempted in, in all ways, and we'll talk a lot about that today. There's just something about the way the devil works on us through temptation. And, and it's from, y'all know it, go right back into Genesis. Started at the very beginning, almost the very beginning of time, with Adam and Eve and, and Satan and all that took place in the garden. So temptation is one of those things that we struggle with. But why do we struggle with it? What's, what is it about temptation that causes us to struggle so much? People, I've heard people say, y'all probably, y'all may have even said it before, I don't struggle with temptation, I just give in to it. Well, that ain't the right attitude to have when it comes to temptation. We all struggle, but we don't have to give in to it. Even Jesus himself was tempted. What, I think I preached on this before, but temptation is not the sin. Remember, temptation is not the sin. Because who was tempted? Jesus was tempted. Forty days, the devil was out there riding him pretty hard about a lot of things that we, we've studied on this. He tempted him. But we know that Jesus never sinned. So we know that the temptations are not the sin. It's when you give in to that temptation. There's where the sin comes from. When you give in to temptation. Now, there's, there isn't a day that goes by that we aren't tempted. When you get up in the morning, I don't care if you go home. Some of y'all may be tempted to go to sleep here shortly <laughs> before you can get home. But you're, we're going to be tempted. There's going to be something that's going to come across to you, that, and it's going to be the devil, and he's going to try to tempt you. Sunday mornings, I believe he tempts the church on Sunday mornings. He's going to tempt you with an extra few minutes of sleep that's going to turn into... Oh, I just overslept. He's going to tempt you with things that will draw you away from the church. It is up to you whether or not you're going to give in to that temptation and come on to church and be with his people, God's people. Or are you going to 
skip it because it's just church. Now, temptation comes in, in, in many different forms, many different forms. And a few of them that come up with this week was this. The very first thing I could think of is we are tempted when we withhold from God what is truly his. When we take, we don't give God what's his. That's, that's, a, that's a temptation. We're holding that back. We're tempted to hold grudges. We're tempted, <laughs> we're tempted to overeat. Are we not? We're not supposed to be gluttons, are we? We're not supposed to overeat. We're just supposed to eat till we're full and stop, not just keep eating, but that's a temptation. We're tempted to gossip, ain't we? Ain't that one of the things that we are, that's thrown at us pretty often? You hear a juicy bit of, t- uh, of, uh, of gossip, and we're tempted to just say, I just want to tell one person, or just one, one person needs to know about this. That's a, that's a temptation right there. We're tempted to take advantage of people. Those that are, are weaker than us, or maybe they just they don't know how to say no, and we will take advantage of that person. That's, that's a temptation right there to do that. There was a magazine that asked the readers to rank the areas of greatest spiritual challenge in their lives, and the top five were this. Number one was materialism. Number two was pride. Number three was self-centeredness. Number four was laziness, and number five was anger. They also said temptations were stronger when they had neglected their time with God, and they were tired. What happens whenever we neglect God? And I'm not talking about just not coming to church in general. I'm just saying when we neglect God, we don't pray, we don't talk to Him, we don't, we don't read our Bibles. What happens to us? We get weak. Our, we get weak, and when we get weak, that's when the devil works in or walks in, and that's when the temptations start with us, when we're weaker. And when we're tired, we make poor decisions when we're tired. I remember when I worked at the police department, that was one of the things that if things took place on night shift, later in the night shift, they got picked apart because our judgment tends to not be the best in the world when we're tired. And so these guys on night shift, their judgment tends to to slip there towards the end of their shift, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Same with us. When we're tired, when we're, we're lacking sleep, we make bad decisions, poor judgment calls. That's why uh, DOT, or whoever it is, is so hard on, on truck drivers because they want to make sure they get enough rest under their belt so that they can make good, sound decisions. When you're hauling a 53-foot trailer full of whatever going to Walmart, you want to make sure that it gets there on time safely and nobody is injured. We make bad decisions when we're tired, so we need to rest up the best that we can. We need to, and then we need to continue to get in the Word of God as much as we can because when we're in the Word, whether it's through church, through uh, Bible study, whatever it is, when we're in the Word, it makes us stronger, and it it takes away those temptations that the devil's going to try to throw at us. But the truth is temptation is everywhere. We are not exempt from it, and everywhere you look, you're going to find some type of temptation somewhere. I'm starving right now, and I'm tempted to go get Ethan's snacks. Is that okay? I can't. He's not going. There's temptation everywhere. How do you handle the temptations in your life? Everybody has their own different way of handling temptations. Every one of us has a way of doing it. Hopefully, we're doing it the right way. But is it possible to resist temptation? We think, and I said that we're all bound to be tempted at some point daily but is there a way to resist temptation yeah there is 
Yes, we can resist it, and the Bible's going to tell us about that. If you've got your Bible open to James chapter 1, stand with me just, just a minute. We're going to read this. James 1.13. The Bible says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth, tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and incited, enticed, I'm sorry, enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind, be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we come to you uh, with this word, about temptation. God, I pray that it would I pray that it would move us. God, because this is one of the things that we are not exempt from. The temptations of the devil, the things that he will throw at us. Lord, I pray that today, through what's going to be said, Lord, that we would be stronger in our fight against temptation. We'd be stronger against our our fight with the devil. Lord, I pray that through what's what's been said and written down here in the the book of James, that we would take this message, that we would take this encouragement from him and be better Christians. And and again, fight that devil tooth and nail against these temptations that he's going to throw at us. Lord, we just want to lift up those again that are bereaved right now, those that have lost loved ones, continue to pray for Tabitha and her her mom and dad, both that family, and loss of an aunt and an uncle there. Lord, as I mentioned earlier, just for the, the two young men that were that passed away last week there at home is to be with those families as well and give them comfort and lord we do want to lift up all that are involved in bible school this come here in just a couple weeks lord just to bring the children here that need the gospel lord may we be a, a help may we show them love the love of jesus and all that we do and lord i pray that you bless this church greatly for the efforts that are going into uh, making this bible school happen but lord we just love you and we praise you and thank you this morning all this in your son's name we pray Amen. All right, you can have have a seat. There's three steps in resisting temptation. There's three things that we as Christians can do. There's more, but here's three basic steps to resist temptation because it will destroy you. If you give in to temptation, it will destroy you. It will destroy your reputation. It will destroy your testimony. If you give in to these temptations, the first thing, the first step is don't be surprised by temptation. Now, verse 13 says, when, when, then say if, it says when, that is just like saying it's going to happen. Not if it happens, but when it happens, you will be tempted. I promise you that if we're going to be successful in handling temptation, we can't be surprised when it shows up at our doorstep. Oh, looky, there's a little temptation. Don't be surprised because I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. It will happen to you today. It's going to happen to you tomorrow. And you was tempted yesterday, I promise. We were all tempted. We will all always be tempted. 
We should never be surprised when temptation shows itself. James has warned us that it's going to happen. And even Jesus himself, as I said, was tempted in, in the wilderness there for 40 days. The devil, that's what he did. He tempted him. So you know if Jesus went through it, we're going to go through it. Because that's another reason why God sent his only begotten son to earth so that he could experience exactly what we're going to experience. So he can say, Father, I've been through that. I know what it's like. Let's help him out. Let's give him some peace. Let's give him some guidance. So he went through it. We're going to go through it. Sometimes it feels like it's never ending. Sometimes it feels like we just get out of one temptation and, and another one pops its ugly head up. We need to understand some things about temptation, though. Temptation is universal. Everyone is tempted. Everyone is tempted. From a little age to the older age, we're all tempted. I was thinking about the youngins over here. I don't remember which one it was. One of these two was playing with this light socket or this outlet down here in the floor. It's probably Ethan. Oh, definitely Kylie. Okay. And I was thinking about that little outlet down there. I guess it's live. We've used it, I think. I think it's live. What are we tempted to do as children with the outlet? We're going to stick things in it, ain't we? Fingers, things like that. We're going to. St we're, we're tempted. We see these things and we're tempted. And we get older. And what, is, what are some things we see at school that we're tempted to do? We're, we're tempted to, to bully when we get into elementary school. We're, we're tempted to, to bully people. We're tempted to be mean. We're tempted to disobey the teacher. And you get a little bit older and you start disobeying. You're tempted to disobey your parents. That's one temptation that don't last very long. I promise you that. Get your butt wore out. When we get older, we're tempted to do other things. Sin, there's different sins that we're tempted to get into the older we get. And so we're not exempt from temptation. It's a universal thing. We're all in it. We're all going to be tempted. The only person that is not tempted, listen to this, the only person that is not tempted are the dead. That's when our temptations end. When we die, that's when temptation stops. So, think about that. We're not exempt from it. From a young age till we die, we are not exempt. Now, temptation is inevitable. It will come. You may be coming out of a temptation right now. And if you are, I'm going to make you a promise. You're getting ready to go into another one. But you may be into one right now. We're all tempted. There are things in this life that are going to absolutely tempt us. It's, we're enticed. There are things that we like these little shiny objects. We like these bells and whistles. We like to be tempted by things. So I promise you, it's going to happen. Temptation is personal. Everyone has their own temptations. They're tailor-made, folks. Our temptations are tailor-made by the devil. He knows your weakness. And that's exactly what he's doing. He has found your weakness, and he has tailor-made your temptation to fit right in that weakness because he knows that you can't say no. In the flesh, you can't say no. He studied us. He knows us. He knows where, where we're going to fail. He knows where he can get a foothold in our lives. And so he's going to work on us, and he's going to know where our temptations are and our weakness. What tempts you might not tempt me. What tempts me might not tempt you. It's tailor-made. It's custom-made for each one of us. 
Temptation will come to all of us, so be prepared for it. Number two, don't be confused about temptation. I'm going to try to explain this the best I can this morning. And I, I brought some help with me, so I think it'll, I think it'll, it'll help out once I get there. After we've properly prepared ourselves for temptation, we need to understand where temptation comes from. Now, James was really quick to tell us one thing. And if you get nothing else out of this this morning, I want you to understand, understand this. God does not tempt you. It is not of God. He does not tempt us. That is from the devil. It's out of the pits of hell because Satan knows that weakness. But what does Paul tell us? Paul says that when we're at our weakest point in our lives, that's when God becomes his strongest. When we are weak and broken and miserable, when we get down on our face and cry out to God, when we know that we are that weak, that we can't handle it, and we cry out to God, God shows up. I think of God as, as popping in just like Superman, big ass on his chest. He shows up. He's a strong hand, a strong arm that's going to pick us up and protect us. He's going to make us stronger. But we have to admit that we're weak. We have to admit that we have a problem. We have to admit that we have a problem with this temptation. And we've got to cry out to God to fix it. Now, again, a lot of people will say God is the one that tempts us. But shift and blame, that, that, that come out of the Garden of Eden. Shift and blame, because we don't like to be held responsible for things, do we? We like to shift that blame. We like to put that off on somebody else. Adam excused himself from his disobedience to God by saying this. This is out of Genesis. He said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So right off the bat, Adam blamed Eve for eating that fruit. But now listen to what woman's, the woman said, what Eve said. The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So Adam blames Eve, Eve blames the serpent. Nobody wants to be held accountable for it. It's somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Always somebody else's. And if you've had kids, you know. If you've had more than one kid in your house, you know that it's always somebody else's fault. Write that down. If you ain't experienced it yet, I promise it will happen. Tabitha and James, I heard them both say amen. <laughs> it, it will happen. They're going to blame each other. It's never my fault. It's somebody else's fault that that happened. Raising cattle, that was the hardest thing. It's always my fault the gate was left open. Nobody else ever went through that gate. It's always just my fault. James throws out the idea of God being the sender of temptation. Look at verse 13 again. It says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth me or he any man. In the Bible, it says God can't tempt us, and he ain't going to tempt us because temptation is evil, and there is no evil in God. We don't have to worry about it. When we get to heaven, we're not going to have to worry about being tempted by anything when we get up there. It's going to be all peaceful. There's nothing there that we need to be tempted of. Oh, look, he's got a bigger house. I'd like to, I'd like to just step in there when he's not home and see what his mansion looks like compared to mine. There's no temptation up there. I'm running low on manna. I'm tempted just to run by and grab some off of somebody else's table. There's no temptation up there. My, my well might be, I don't, 
I don't know if I really like this water this, that I've got. Maybe I'll try somebody else's water. There's no temptation up there. Temptation is evil, and it is not of God. Now, unless we understand the real source of our temptation, we will, we're, not, we're going to respond wrong. We've got to figure out the source of temptation. I just told you where it's at. It comes out of hell. It's from the devil. Satan is the one to blame when temptation comes our way. Anytime you're tempted, blame the devil right off the bat. Just blame the devil. But we can't give the devil too much credit. For us to be tempted by Satan, there has to be something that Satan can use to tempt us with. And that's in us. It's that weakness I was talking about. The devil knows our weakness, so it's our responsibility. When we are weak, if we don't put our guard up, then the devil's going to get in with that temptation, and he's going to throw it at us. Each person is responsible for their own temptation. James points, he points that out in uh, verse 14, the, the process of this. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Temptation begins with desire. Each one is tempted of their own evil desire. Each one of us, we all have desires. We all have evil. That's what typically what a desire is. It's typically evil. We have this evil desire, and it's of us. And this is the beginning process that only turns into a downward spiral of sin. And so we've got to be careful with these temptations. The desire to sin, it's in all of us. If it wasn't, if we didn't have that desire to sin, sin would not be attractive to us. Temptation leads to deception. Because of our desire, we, we are dragged away and enticed. We're dragged, we have been, we're being drug away from the church. We're being drug away from the word of God. We're being drug away from our families. We're being drug away from all the good things in this life. And we're being drug into these temptations, these lusts, these sinful things. That's what the devil does. He drags us away from, he tries to drag us away from the good things. And he tempts us by using that. The word enticed means to literally be lured by bait like in fishing. Now, I brought this because I thought it was cute. I took all the frozen stickers off of it, so it was a little bit more manly. Now, one of the things, these are mine, Paisley, not yours. One of the things that we use in fishing is a lure. That's, that's what temptation is. It's a lure. It's something that we can get a hold of to drag us away. Why do you think they call these fishing lures? It lures the fish out of its home, out of its little bed, out of its nest, or wherever it's at. But the thing about it is there's a hook in there. That's the same thing with our temptations. There's a hook in those temptations. That looks like a frog, don't it? Kind of. But what you can't see in that little frog, if I can get out of here, there's hooks in it. So once that bass, that thing lands on top of the water, and it starts floating down the water, that bass is going to grab a hold of it, and it's going to get hooked. Same with, same with the mouse. You ever, you ever watch bass eat mice? That's the, that's the most fun. That little mouse will be floating across the water, and that bass thinks that, it's just a little old mouse, but what you don't realize is there's hooks. The devil uses bait 
he uses lures to hook on to hook us and they come in different look i've got all kinds of stuff in here we've got different things that, look that's shiny that that's the one that would catch me look it's shiny but what's in it a big old hook the devil uses bait he uses lures to get us out of this whatever we're in in our church in our homes things that are peaceful in our lives he uses bait to lure us out and when we take a hold of that bait we get a hold of that hook and we can't get loose that's sin that hook is that sin the lure right here that's the temptation the hook is the sin once we get a hold of that that temptation then it turns into sin and that's where the hook gets us right right in the mouth now the second thing i'll look at first you know we're using the lure like i just said in the second we're hiding the hook i just talked about it a little bit we are enticed by sin because we don't see the consequences that come along with it we don't see the hook there's consequences to every sin there's consequences to all temptation we don't see the consequences. That fish cannot see the hook. Let me get an old rooster tail here. Got my good old rooster tail. That fish can't see that hook. All that fish can see is something shiny and something fuzzy. And he says, I want that. I want to eat that. And so he's going to grab a hold of it. Well, that's the same as a Christian. That's the same as any human being. We see something shiny. We see something that we like, and we're going to grab a hold of it, not knowing that there is a hook inside of it. Those hooks are hidden. We're deceived into believing that it's just something nice. We're deceived. But when we bite down on it, we find out really quick that there's consequences. And the consequences of sin are real. And if you get hooked, it's hard to break free. It is hard to get out of that. But we can. We have a way out, and that's through Jesus. Temptation we're given into results in disobedience. Sin is disobedience to God, but it doesn't end there. Temptation when given into, Bible says, ends in death. Ends in death. Look at verse uh, 15 again. It says, And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Even though sin sometimes brings a temporary period of, of pleasure, ain't that what temptation does? Oh, it looks good, and for a moment, it feels good. It's just nice. But that goes away really quick. That goes away really fast. It always leads to death. We've all sinned, and God didn't strike us dead right then, did he? I'd been dead just a few hours after birth, probably. But we have this little thing called mercy. We have this thing called salvation. And because of salvation, because of God's grace, because of God's mercy, even though sometimes we dabble and we give in to that temptation, and we can ask for forgiveness, and he's going to give it to us. But at some point, I'm not talk, when I talk about death, I'm not talking about the physical death. I'm not even talking about spiritual death. I'm talking about that we become dead to a lot of things. We become dead to God. Like We, we can't function. We can't do anything. We're so ingrained, so 
in depth in that sin. It's eating us up so bad that there's nothing good in us. We're just dead inside, and so we can't do anything good for God. We can't be his hands and feet because we're so eat up with sin. We're weighed down with sin. And until we ask for forgiveness, until we repent from that sin, we can't do anything for him. We've got to ask for that forgiveness. I've said it before, it's like coming into church. If you haven't prepared your heart and you haven't asked for forgiveness and forgiveness of your sin before you come inside the church doors, you ain't going to be able to worship. Until we ask for forgiveness and ask God to cut that hook loose and pull it out of our mouth, we can't do anything for him. We've got to ask for forgiveness and repent and ask God to clean us up and then use us. But a sin-filled heart, like Preacher Ray says, a sin-filled heart will hinder your worship. I truly believe that. So we've got to ask God to cut us loose and, and uh, to take that hook out of our mouth. Now, the third thing, final thing, don't be deceived by temptation. Don't be deceived by temptation. Verse 16 tells us, it says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. He's pretty blunt right there. Do not err, my beloved brethren. In other words, don't fall into temptation. He's telling us, reject it. That's what we do to the devil, ain't it? We reject the devil. We, we tell him to get behind us. Don't, don't mess with us, devil. Reject the temptation. Reject the sin. Re- reject the devil. Reject it. That's hard to do sometimes because, man, it looks good. What If you've seen that thing right there floating down the water, boy, it looks good. I don't guess bass talk to each other, but the Christian bass would tell the the unbelieving bass that it might look good on the outside but it, it'll get you in trouble leave it alone y'all are just waiting for me to get hooked ain't you that's exactly what y'all are doing i'm gonna sit here and play with these things and i'm gonna cry reject it reject the bait reject the temptation just because it looks good just because it looks like a frog or a mouse or a shad or a a, a fly or whatever you got i don't even know what this thing right here is supposed to look like Whatever that is, reject it. Just reject it. You don't need that. You don't need that in your life. The key is to see what it is. You've got to see it for what it really is. We need to see that it's not good no matter how it appears. Now, Satan, this is Satan, does not give good gifts. Does he? Has the devil ever given you anything good? No. VJ, don't answer that. <laughs> the devil has never given me anything good but what does the devil do he wraps it in pretty paper don't he that's what that's how the devil works he puts it in pretty paper how many of y'all ever got a christmas gift or a birthday gift man that paper looked nice and you opened it up and it was a jelly of the month club or something ain't that how it goes that's how the devil works he puts a nice little piece of wrapping paper around it, a nice little bow, and maybe put some rocks in there so it feels heavy. And then you open it up, and there's no good come out of it, ever. Verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. All the good stuff comes from God. All these good gifts that we've received, they are of God. They've come from God. 
that old black, moldy, stinking, just old ugly stuff that you get. God didn't give you that. But those pretty things, salvation, love, hope, long-suffering, all those fruits of the Spirit, that's from God. That come from God. That, I, that can't come out of hell. There, that's too much good to come out of hell. That's all good stuff coming from above. He, I want to read again. I love that. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Remember that James began by saying that God didn't cause temptation to come to us. And I want you all to remember that. If you're tempted, it's not God. That is out of the devil. And James keeps reminding us that. God is not the source of that temptation. It's not, temptation is not a good thing. T temptation will never be a good thing. Temptation will be a bad thing forever until we die. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth. And God does not give bad things to any of us. He will not. As a parent, I would never give my girls a bad gift. On purpose, anyway. I may have sometime, but not on purpose. God, as our Father, is only going to give us the good gifts. So, remember that. If it's bad, it's of the devil. If it's good, it's of God. That's about the most simple way I can think of to, to say it. You can win over temptation, though. It doesn't have to defeat you. You've been set free by that temptation through Jesus. By the sacrifice on that cross, you have been set free. Again, we're going to be tempted, but you don't have to give in to it. You can reject it through Jesus. You're not a slave. Verse 18 says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. It's the new birth that provides us the power for living the life that is pleasing to him and a life that rejects those temptations. It is the power of the new birth. It's that power of salvation. It's the Holy Spirit that's in us. Everything that we need is given to us through Jesus. Everything that we need, everything that we need, it's through Jesus. Now, at the beginning, I told you all those five things that, uh, from the survey that was the greatest spiritual challenge. That same survey asked what their greatest asset in resisting temptation was. And I'm going to read these to you. There's just five, uh, four of them. Number one was prayer. Prayer. Who would have thought? You're being tempted, and the easiest way to defeat temptation, to reject it, is through prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, help me make the right decision. Lord, give me discernment. Take this away. But it's prayer. Number two was avoiding compromising situations. And that could go on forever right there. Be careful with who you're around, what you're around, who you're talking to. Be careful. The third thing, I like this one, Bible study. I told you about this a while ago. If, you get out, if you're getting away from church, getting out of the Word, if you're drifting too far from the shore, then the devil's going to jump in. And that's when he's going to get you. But the more that you study the Word of God, the more that you pray, the more that you worship, 
the stronger that you will be, and the less temptation you'll see. Now, it's not going to completely remove temptation, but it's going to lighten it up a lot on you. And the fourth thing is being accountable to someone else. And that's one of the things when I worked, I don't know if they still do it much, but one of the things that when I was at SP that a lot of pe- people did was they had accountability partners. Just someone that they could, somebody that they trust, that they could go to. I mean, you really got to trust them because you're taking a lot of personal information back to these people. And they had, and it's just one. Sometimes you have a, accountability partners and you'd have several. But if you had an accountability partner, that sure does help combat temptation. Help you get through it. Someone that you can talk to physically. Same room, just sit there and talk to them. Now remember, the presence of temptation is not sin. The presence is not sin. That temptation is not sin. It's when you give in to that temptation. The struggle itself is, it, of these temptations is proof that God is, is very close. When you struggle with temptation... That's that Holy Spirit in there trying to, to draw you away from it. When you struggle, that's, that's we call that the conscious. Some people call it conscience. That's the Holy Spirit trying to get you away from it. If you didn't struggle with it and you just give in to it, then you're missing something. Salvation. If you've never struggled with temptation, you just automatically give in to it, then you need Jesus. But if you struggle with that temptation, if, if the devil lays one out there for you, and you're struggling with, is it right, is it wrong, then that means that the Holy Spirit's working on you. And it's trying to tell you, get away from it. Get away, stay away. Don't, you don't need that mess. That is a sign of your salvation, too. If you struggle with that means the Holy Spirit's working inside of you. And that's a good thing. When that temptation pops up and, and you're battling with it, that's good. That means you got God on your side. And you'll win that battle. But there would be no inward battle if you was lost if you didn't have jesus you just say okay give in to it and that's not good it's not good at all stand with me we're going to close out it's crawl dad there's no hook in that one so i play with that be careful with them lures that are out there in the world this one they don't have a hook in it but it sure does look looks good if you like crawdads if you like them low country bulls looks good on the outside just remember temptation looks good on the outside but there's a hook buried in it somewhere and that's that sin and once it gets a hold of you it sure is hard to turn loose. Awful hard to turn loose. But through the power of God and the Holy Spirit, you can do it. You can battle it. You can fight it. I got a little excited there. I thought you was coming to me. She don't like me. You can fight it. I promise you can fight it. When you leave after a while, you're going to be tempted. Lord's going to tempt, or the devil's going to tempt you to say something you shouldn't say. The devil's going to tempt you to go somewhere you shouldn't go or do something you shouldn't do. Resist and reject. 
Resist the devil. Reject that temptation. Just remember, Jesus went through it too. He fought it, and he beat it. You can too, because you got Jesus in you. Conley, will you dismiss us, please? All right, y'all have a good rest of your Sunday.